Okay, Sid, we're going to talk about the big news of the day of the week. We're going to do it later. First, we're going to talk about the, all the exciting racing. That's the big weekend. news of the weekend, is the exciting races. I want to make sure that these athletes are given, they are not stripped of the limelight that they deserve. <laughs> Dude, I did, I, uh, I tuned into Ironman Texas. I don't even like Texas. Jocelyn, I saw Jocelyn say something at one point about like, oh, whenever she goes back to Texas, she feels like she's at home. And I was like, I literally think I have the opposite reaction. I will never do Ironman Texas. <laughs> there's, there's a reason I've never been to Texas. <laughs> that's probably, that's no, I, probably I've why. But yeah. But yeah. But the was... race also just looks really boring. It's like loops on a highway. Yeah, that's it. It, does, it doesn't have any interest to me, but I understand it's North American Championships. Some people love it. That's what they, they so get their jam, you know. America's. North America's champion. What did I say? All America's. No, I said it was like the all, all America's championship. No, 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 that was what it. No, no, this year it was the America's championship, like North oh. and South. It was all oh, okay. the America's. Oh, yeah. All right, okay, literally, you were yeah. right, okay. <laughs> I thought I thought you were saying I'd said all America and it was North America, but um, you know, like no. I, two of my training buddies, Matt Hansen and Lauren Brandon, they absolutely love racing in Texas. For them, it just suits what they are about as athletes, so they love going back there. And uh, Matt, bless him, didn't have a great day because he got knocked off his bike, and we can come on to that later. Uh, Lauren, super chuffed, she came fourth. But I think two fantastic. Like, the men's race, like the podium was within 20 seconds of each other. I actually was, I saw some stat come out and um, there was only one other full distance race where a podium, I think was eight seconds or something apart. But I think this was pretty well, close with the lead changing, like literally the last, the last kilometer really, last K and a half. Okay, but like, yeah. didn't Texas come down to a sprint with like Ben Hoffman um, and did look like <sighs> last time, two years ago? Uh, anyway, what is it? Ditliff and Texas Hoffman were running. Makes everyone spring. Ditliff yeah. and Hoffman were running together, and I think then Ditliff broke away a little bit earlier. It wasn't quite a sprint, although in your head, at that stage in the marathon of an Ironman, right. I think you feel like you're sprinting um, to get the win. But yeah, I mean, it was poor old like the the three guys. Rudy um, overtook um, into first within the last. I don't know, again, the last mile. And actually looked looked to be running really well. Again, relative, I guess, for that stage of the marathon. Um, and then and my, my brain's gone blank because it's just been fuzzed today. Um, the athlete who came second, who was the... Willa Kowecki. I had to like, practice saying that. The Polish. And like Polish. Uh, Welsh, yeah. Yeah. Welsh um, and uh, Marinda Hood in commentary had to practice saying it too. Yeah, and he was obviously cramping at the end, but like... Oh gosh, what a race! And then the the guy who came third, the American, like in his pro debut, Matthew Marquardt. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I mean that's pretty pretty impressive. He was overall age group winner in Kona, but still, like that step up is is pretty massive. And having a having a great day. Now we did have obviously Joe Skipper. I went. Out, I was watching the race and then went out training and came back and was like, "Oh, there's no Joe Skipper. What's happened?" Apparently, he went wrong on the bike course. Was it? 
I guess Is so. that what we heard? Uh, yeah. And um, obviously the joke is, like, obviously the joke is that he couldn't see over his, like, massive fairings. Uh, fairing no, sorry, water bottles. On the front of his bike. And the massive, right. and, and, the bladder da- and the bladder yeah. down, his, down his shirt just make him look like right. he's got a dad bod. <laughs> but yeah. Um, um, so he went off course, and then obviously Matt Hansen, um, like you said, uh, crashed an age grouper. I think it's, it is a loop yeah. course, and so those aid stations can get messy, for sure. Yeah, and look, I don't know if it's an aid station. I'm not sure about that. Um, all I've heard was that Matt got taken out by an age grouper. Um, again, the hearsay is that the age grouper got up on his bike and carried on in the race and didn't even like stop to check Matt was okay. The, you know, the professional that he's just knocked off his bike and also just like that professional's now lost his earnings and livings and. Like, I don't want to completely bag age groupers out and lose all our listeners, but I'm probably going to. Like, I, you know, people say one of the, one of the good things about our sport is, we, you know, it's a very special that we get to race on the same course as right. age groupers, and age groupers get to race on the same course as professionals, and there's a lot of camaraderie, and when you get onto the marathon, it can be an amazing feeling. But if you're getting taken out by... If you're a professional and you get taken out by an amateur, and that's your earnings career day you know gone especially with Matt's history I that's not right either like this should be a professional sport we should not be having to deal with that but that's my rant I will say like I think I had heard I'm down off your soapbox I had heard it was at an aid station in my experience in loop courses is the aid stations are chaos um and that's because like and, and I think this is like a problem like having raced uh both you know in the middle of the pro pack and as an age grouper like it's super nuts when the pros are going through on their second or sometimes third lap like in arizona and they're hitting the back of the age group field which and again like not like i think anyone can race like do whatever you want i think you should train on your bike outside before you race because you go they're going through the back of this field of people who like maybe just got on their bike like maybe they just like they literally look sometimes like they have not ridden their bike outside before the race day and And so like like that's crazy and then you have pros going by really, really fast. And I'm thinking of like Ironman Coeur d'Alene when it was 107 degrees. Uh, that second lap, I was coming through on the back of the people on the first lap and they're stopping at the aid stations, like stopping abruptly, unclipping because it was so hot. So they wanted to make sure they got water. I get that. But then you're going and you go to reach out for a bottle and someone just like stops in front of you. And then they was piling up into the lane because they were stopping. And I was like, this is insane. And the, I was going significantly slower at that point than the pro men. I was like, someone's gonna die like this is crazy yeah and that's like and you know and and especially you know we are mid-april and after the winter that many states have had in the u.s like people probably haven't ridden on their bike outside that much and maybe that is a thing but i yeah it's just like i know again a little bit biased i know matt personally i know how much work he puts in i'm not saying the other people don't and i'm not saying theirs is any less worthy um I know what shape he was in and like I get it if he'd crashed on his own it's racing shit happens you crash like you know if it wasn't no one else involved and it was his his fault but when it's somebody else that shouldn't like that's taken away you know there's not that much money in our sport um and has taken that away and also and again I don't know the full story so maybe speaking out of terms the fact that they didn't fucking stop and check that he was, and it doesn't actually matter that he was a pro or not, but the fact that 
you've just knocked someone off their bike yeah, yeah. and you didn't stop to check that they were okay regardless of who they were they were um i think is pretty freaking shallow <laughs> this is also uh yeah. well i'm never doing arizona because it's a three loop course oh yeah that's a, yeah. i actually was thinking about arizona this fall winter like i was thinking about it because of like logistics and timing in my life and then i was like three loops no no way yeah. not doing that. <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so, yeah. so the men's race, very exciting, like three-way yeah. sprint. And yeah, we, like my husband was like a sprint sprint. And I was I like, know. oh, pretty yeah. much a sprint for an Ironman. Yeah. Kind of yeah. nuts. Yeah, wow. I was going to say sprint for an Ironman. And then very the different. women's race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I just. And then the women's race was, yeah. I just love watching Kat Matthews run. Like, she's like celebrating two miles to the finish. Like, she's just having a ball but regardless of that bit I don't get that bit her running just looks so, so she makes it look so easy um and yeah, I think she was think celebrating just, like I think she was so happy to be back out like I think she was I, like I, I think so yeah and it was great like yeah. why I would fucking have been like if I've been through what she'd been through and then come back and just had a and I don't and I she said it in her post race interview um she didn't have a great swimming she didn't have a great bike and I kind of thought that as well like when I saw the splits of where she'd come out and saw things on the bike but you know that's Ironman again you never know what's going through an athlete's day body face you know mind until you speak to them afterwards but then absolutely had she she is running 250s sub 250s every time she steps out on that race course and making it look easy and I don't think the commentators the, gave enough credit for that run of like she ran a two forty nine, like that's and it was like and this is the part that's like crazy. It was a fast like two like sometimes you have to look at the how it compares to the other times across the women's and men's fields to understand if a time was like really good on that day or if it just was like a fast course. And catch two forty nine was objectively really goddamn fast. Yeah. on Saturday compared to all the other women's times, compared to all the other men's times, there was only one other time under three hours out of the women, and that was like twenty seconds under three hours. Um, and she ran; she only ran like four minutes slower than the men's winners. Like she ran just really fast for yeah, that day I- in that course. And I think partially it was chasing Maya down because she didn't take the lead until like I don't know what the last few miles. Yeah, she was six miles to go, I think. So a bit, it was actually a little okay. bit further out or 6K, 6K to go. And, I, you know, I think that is a great thing about Kat when you watch her race. She does, especially if she suddenly feels that momentum, she's got that fight, she's got that I am going to chase her down. And she obviously then, she hadn't had a great swim and bite, but she, her run legs were there. Um, but I just, I, I, I say her run got overshadowed by her overall performance. And that's wrong as well, because she fucking run, won the race and it's incredible to see her. Right. But, and I don't want to say come back because everyone's saying that, but uh, back on the start line of a full distance, right. showing the form that we saw before the accident, I think is fantastic. And it's just, this is still, again, just the start for her. But I think that overall performance and the story of where she's come from it kind of did overshadow the fact that that run was fucking impressive at like 249. Like, fast, yeah. regardless of whether she'd been in a crash or not, like, People aren't running that. You know, yes, with the, it used to be the three-hour mark and now it is going quicker. And But it's now getting to 250 that you're going to have to be running. Like, And she just did it as she, if she was at a she canter. Also, like, 
She also, like, I think her splits were about 20 seconds apart. She exactly yeah. evenly split. Even and split. I think this is one of the things that's, like, craziest about Kat. She doesn't blow up. But what's crazy about her is that she is so good, and obviously all the top pros are, but she is so good at riding the line of, like, yeah. what exactly she can do on that day. Because how the hell did she know that she, that, was ex- like, that she was capable of splitting exactly that? She, like, we all know, she's talking about it, she didn't have the run buildup coming back. She didn't have the mileage. And yet somehow in her legs, she, like, you know what I mean? Like, she knew, even she though it might body. not look on paper, like, she could. And I know she said she was actually aiming for 245. But still, even she, but she didn't, like, go out with her watch and say, like, well, I'm aiming for 245 and then oh. slow down. She hit it exactly what she could yeah. on the day. Oh, I didn't even so know like she was... So it's, like, how she's so good at writing that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know she was going for 245. But, I mean, if that's... I mean, I, I, it doesn't surprise me. Um, right. And that's... It's just... It's just... It's scary and it's exciting at the same time. Um, and I do want to say, Maya... Um, like, semi-gutted for her because it would have been, obviously... Career, I still think it was one of her her career best race performance. She had a great mm-hmm. swim. She had a fantastic bike, and she was leading for most of the marathon. And she still ran a she still ran a three hour marathon. Like it was no three hour. I was gonna say I think it was like a quite a PR for her yeah. marathon. It was yeah. a three hour flat, but yeah, I think it was quite yeah. a run PR for her for an Ironman. Yeah. Um, and then Jocelyn in third. And this is like, part of me was like laughing and thinking about this over the weekend. I was like, why does it seem like everyone has a comeback story right now? And then you're like, oh, because the last three years sucked. Um, <laughs> and everyone had like injuries and illness and pregnancies and surgeries. Yeah. And like lots yeah. of people had personal like shit go on in their lives that like yeah. you don't know about and they aren't talking. But like, because like, because I was also like, I love Cody Beals too. And he got fourth. And again, like, and it was this kind of like, oh, it's good to see Cody come back and like be back at the top. I know he's had a rough few years. And then like Jocelyn, you know, went through surgery and and then I was like, does everyone have a comeback yes. right now? <laughs> we're all, we're like, all going through yeah. shit. We're just grateful for any start line and then more grateful for any finish line at the moment. <laughs> it's been a... But yeah, so Jocelyn, um, I mean, I think she knew that like with surgery and coming, like everything, like her run was not going to be where, where Kat's or even Maya's was. But she like put it all out there to get enough of a, as much of a head start as she could, yeah. like coming out of T2. And then like, I mean, she, she still ran like solid for yeah. third. And, and there were five Kona spots, so a lot of people's yeah. goal, obviously, was just get your goddamn spot. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, yeah, super happy. So, Lauren Brandon came fourth. Um, awesome to see Lauren, like, back to the way she was racing several years. Again, <laughs> been sort of like right. she struggled the right. last few years to find legs and stuff and to have that race performance. So, hers, again, was, like, back there. And then Danielle, uh, Danielle Lewis got that, that fifth slot on the, on the women's side. Um, and I think they were all, yeah, pretty, pretty ecstatic around that. Mm-hmm. And then I heard the roll downs. For so it was a really good race. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how the roll downs went. I didn't a really, uh, I've been hearing a lot a of way. talk. Yeah, I mean, I've been, but I've been hearing a lot women, of talk about, yeah. that's what I was going to say, about Nice, about um, people are getting, this is totally a separate topic, another day, yeah. I like wanted to look into it more, but a lot of people have told me they've, they're getting emails now being like, you place 27th in your age group last year, would you like to go to Nice? Because yeah, <laughs> like, they're trying to, they, they can't um, fill Nice. I, um, I've got a friend yeah. here in Boulder who's legacy for Kona. And he deferred obviously till till next year, but he got a personal. But they were told if you race Nice, he got a personal legacy, invite. Then you will definitely, get, yeah. No, yeah. he got a personal invite, almost like not not quite, but like, mm. hey, all expenses paid. Do you want to go and race Nice, kind yeah. of thing? 
Um, I was going to say, I know somebody who was waiting for their legacy spot, and they were told if you race Nice this year, then you'll def we'll definitely get your legacy spot for Conan next year. Oh, uh, yeah. No, and so well, his, it was like, his legacy yeah. has been, his was in COVID, so it's like rolled mm. back. But even on the women's mm. side, like, I know an athlete who finished 18, 19th in her age group, and she missed out on her Kona slot by one. Yeah. So it's like on the one hand, but like, I know I there don't were more. Care. I think there were more slots, weren't there, at Texas? Like, and there the were more slots. Said, yeah. um, it was all. It's all divided up weirdly. Some reason yeah. have more slots. Some reason less spots. It like depends on. Ge- uh, well, it was region, all, like, all, there are all American people. championships, wasn't it? So there's bound to be more. Right. Right. So it's all of that kind of thing. And it's like one of those things where like, I don't actually care that much. I'm not like, oh my God, the field's getting diluted. We need to go back to the good old days when anyone who signed up could go to Kona, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't actually care. Um, but I do think Iron Man, I do believe that they should have capped it at like 2,000, 1,800 just because of the sheer size. Like I bet it, I was at Nice for 70.3 Worlds because my husband raced and that was like a two day, you know, men one day, women yeah. the other. He had to stand in line for two hours to check in his bike. Cause that's just at that time, yeah. it was the biggest 70.3 Worlds ever. I think technically this year's was bigger anyway, but it was huge. It was like 5,000 people, right? That's too many people. Like, that's just like, yeah. that's not like, that's not a, that's not fun for anybody. So I do think like it would be in some ways better if they didn't, you know, just overfill yeah. it to the point that we're all like waiting in lines yeah. all the time. <laughs> But whatever. They'll sort it out. Do you not just walk up and go, do you know who I am? Do you not know who I am? Can I just go to the front? <laughs> when I used to, when I, back when I raced pro, Sid, like the girl, like obviously people, like my friends, we were like very mid-pack, no one, but we would like follow like Holly Lawrence and just be like, oh, we're with her. Like, it's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I love that. We just with them. Like walk confidently right, right behind the pro or whatever. Um, but and anyway, Jocelyn but were... told me, and we did the, we, well, I was going to say, Jocelyn told me, all you ever have to do is say, they said it's okay. Oh, interesting. Just, just generically. Yeah. They, so they, we tried they that meaning, like, they meaning could be anybody. Yeah. So we like wanted to get our bikes out because the pros had been on for a while and we were just like, oh, they said it's okay. And we just kept walking. <laughs> there yeah. we go. We're now going to get the no, blame for all these age groupers just going, they, and actually they'll probably, they'll probably, they, Kelly and Sid said it was okay. <laughs> they, they said, said okay. on the podcast, it was okay. We're fine. We're coming in. Fine. Um, so that was the big race yeah. of the weekend, but there were some there other were some ones, other of course. It was yes. actually a very packed weekend. I feel like the next biggest is Challenge Grand Canaria. Um, even though it didn't have as big a field, obviously, but you had Ann Hogg topping it yep. fairly dominantly. Fairly like, dominantly on the women's and, side. Uh, yeah. Really um, yeah. But, you know, interesting enough, um, for me, it was um, about a handful of new British pros racing in Gran Canaria that I was like, I need to up my research again because I do not know who any of these <laughs> women are. And they are all new pros, which is exciting. Again, it's exciting. And... Um, one of those being uh, Megan McDonald, who finished third. But yeah, Annie Anne Haug was sort of 12 minutes ahead of Dee uh, Dee I don't think it was, yeah. And then Megan McDonald. But then the men's race was, again, super exciting. Was really closer. And, yeah, a little yeah. bit of a... I'm, I'm not sure much sprint finish, but a bit of... I was going to say, we're going to call it a sprint also. There was a change <laughs> of the lead in the last little bit. You had sort of... Sam Laidlow and Aaron Royal heading out on the run together and going toe to toe. And then um, Mattis Mug, I can't even pronounce the surname, sorry, Mugiria. He kind of caught them from behind and then took it on with Sam. Mm. And then 
Sam obviously shows that showed that he can run and uh, and took the win. But yeah, that would be uh, that was a pretty yeah. I mean, obviously it was kind of framed as a Sam Laidlaw versus uh, Patrick Langa and Lang- and Patrick and I. I will grant you that Patrick is one of those people who peaked for specific races later in the yes. year. Like that's his mo. Yeah. It's fine. Like everyone's a different type of yeah. athlete. And um, he's not like. But yeah. Yeah, he peaks for that race in October or in Nice in September, as would be this year, we right. hope. And he's not traditionally a half-distance athlete. Yeah. So, but, you know, a, a, a Laidlow and Aaron Royal, who are probably, well, maybe not Laidlow, but Aaron Royal, who is focusing on probably those half-distance, that 100K distance. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam has obviously showed, you know, he... Where was it? He was oh, whatever position and my mind's gone blank. Third or fourth in Edmonton over the 100K distance. And then obviously we all know how he did in Kona, but obviously has that ability to cross over between the two. Um, right. But yeah, that was probably another big race. But I think it's interesting that that race is then setting us up nicely for a huge weekend of racing in a two weeks time over in, in two weeks, St. George yeah. and in Ibiza. I will tell you the uh, Texas broadcast, which the actual camera is so terrible. My husband says I just treat it like a radio broadcast. So that's what I was doing. I was walking around and just listening to it because um, I can't sit and watch someone's back for that yeah. many hours. And they did actually talk about the they PTO. They did, European but they didn't Open. mention PTO. They, did. they just said. They did. No, they did. Oh, they did. Well, mm. actually, now, now I'm like, no. but I swore because it made me stop. And go, oh my God, did they mention So the I <laughs> heard them, they talked about a race in Ibiza in a couple of weeks time, but they didn't mention PTO, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and they oh. did, so they did mention it. And I think it was, the PTO races were referred to a couple of times, mm-hmm. but in a very, yeah, but without sort of the PTO on the front of it. Because they were talking, a point I was listening about how European racing is just getting started again. This is yeah. kind of like the European season is just sort of like kicking off. Same with the North American season. Yeah. European season is obviously like a little different than North American season. Um, I, we have, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this, but like we have more, more age group, middle of the Packers, Europeans, like you guys have more fast, shorter races. Anyway, um, yeah. and you have like faster, like, yeah. Like, what's the nice way for like when all the Africans when all the Africans come over to American marathoning and they're like, wow, there's fifty thousand people who can run three hour marathons and you're like, no, that's not that's not what we do. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but they were talking about European race seasons about to start and they were like, and there's the big European Open in, in two weeks. Yeah, and it was funny because they had um, Tamara Jewett on being interviewed at one mm. stage during the race. And obviously they were asking her about what's your race schedule. And she was obviously quite, you know, because as she should be as an athlete, she was quite openly. Well, obviously the next focus is the PTO open in Ibiza and and all of that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, I'd like to think and the conversations kind of been having that we're starting to see, like, I don't think there's ever going to be full, full. um, No, I'm not sure partnership's the right word, but like the PTO and Ironman is never going to like, be like best but I, friends yeah but you are starting to, to see they are starting to mention respect it. you can you are starting to see them yeah. each other and yeah. again conversations that we should might get onto later there has been conversations between the two bodies about stuff that's right. happening in right. the sport at the moment so yeah. yeah yeah i mean they are starting to mention it you'll you act, actually have heard like the iron man ceo talk about the pto in some yeah. press conferences and stuff which he used to never do you do like they do t- mention it on the broadcast yeah. now whereas like before they literally would pretend that like this athlete existed. like hadn't raced all year and you'd be yeah. like what um 
I did see, and I actually is super over social media these days. The kids have let me know that uh, it's kids. over, it's done, it's so old people. <laughs> um, but I did see, like, basically, the, like, Ironman Europe had posted, like, Jan's coming to Hamburg or whatever. And then the PTO was like, you didn't mention his other races. And then the Ironman account was like, we didn't think we needed to mention the warm-up. And I was like, well, that's kind of funny. That's great, yeah. I hadn't that's, seen that. That's, that's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen that Jan, I was actually yeah. wondering what race Jan was going to do. So is it Hamburg? I think so, yeah. That's exciting. Because like, that's what he had said right now. I'm doing yeah. the commentary for that. So um, I'm on the oh, overnight well. stint. So there we go. But yeah, uh, I do want to shout out one. I know it wasn't probably as big a race as those, but um, because I am by... Oh, wait, there was Challenge. Was that this weekend? Challenge Taiwan Yeah, there was also was. Challenge Taiwan half. I wasn't going to... And Peru 70.3. That wasn't the one. It was the Peru yeah. 70.3 one that I was going to mention Tim O'Don <laughs> winning because I'm obviously a little bit biased, but it was good to see T.O. back on a back on the uh, the top step but i will say something about challenge taiwan the pro field may not have been as big as gran canaria and sure. texas but that race has eight thousand age groupers racing over the Isn't weekend it is mental over there mental i mean i know it's across multiple races like that's not eight thousand yeah. people in one race but but still I did. So back in the day, Chicago triathlon used to be like the biggest one in the world. And it was like 8,000 people. And well, one to our point before I saw people crash out pros <laughs> like, because it was a problem. Um, and then two, you like ran for so long to get to your bike. Like it was just like this, like mile long run through transition. Yeah. So, so. but um, I feel like the only other uh, big, I mean, yes, T.O. won Peru. T.O. Yes, won Peru. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people were framing Peru don't, as like don't say the it. young up and comers versus the veterans. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You saved that one. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. here's my other thing I was thinking. I was like, that's kind of the narrative we're hearing a lot in racing right now. And I think it's also, again, a product of the last three years. Cause like, it's not really that some of these, like, we've just missed these their people progression. Seem like they came out of nowhere. Right, you just yeah. miss their progression. And then there's a few athletes who, like, yeah, they might have retired in the last three years, but they didn't because they want to finish it out, right? Yeah. Like, getting forced out is not fun as someone who is forced out of and being a pro. I, I, it I sucks. would also so, say like... as well, like, we are changing the narrative. Like, yes, the sport is getting super fast with all these youngsters coming up. And right. like I said, a whole bunch of new British pros, which is amazing. But also, like, I want to say, you know, Tio got the win and he's, I think he's similar to me. He's 40, 41, maybe 42. Yeah, um, yeah like that. So the London Marathon, and this can be our ish segment of it. The guy that came, who was the third British home, and we had three British men in the top 10, which I think is super impressive for British long distance running. Um, Mo Farah wasn't the first. And actually, I think he was, oh, actually. I heard. He was, th he was the third. And actually, it was the fourth. Something? I think it was the Oh, gosh, I'm getting my stats wrong, which is appalling because I should have done the research. Anyway, Chris Thompson, Thompson, who is a marathon runner, he's 42 years old. He ran the London Marathon. He was in within like a minute or something like that of his best that he ran six years ago or something ridiculous. And he's 42. Right. And he was just talking about like he got really emotional at the finish. He was like, oh, I feel I'm on borrowed, t borrowed time, like competing as this elite. And I'm like, but no, this is what our bodies are now capable of doing. Right, right, right. Like, 
we can still, and maybe I'm trying to, this is my own in my head reasoning, like talking myself into it. (laughs) But yeah. Dude, listen, I was thinking this because like, okay, so I mean, a lot of people know, right? Like I basically stopped racing pro during during the pandemic, but it wasn't like by choice. It was by like my life falling apart and then being like, dude, I can't, I can't do this. So obviously like I keep being like, I bet if I could like string together another, like a good year of training, I could, I, I could probably, Sid's older than me and she's faster. Oh, no. I could be, <laughs> I could be good. And it made me laugh a minute ago when you said, um, the kids have told me that social media is gone oh, yeah. and I, you know, and I'm like, well, oh, I'm yeah. not, I, I'm older and I'm still on social media. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, they want you funny. to know it's very like thirsty and performative and it's like so old and like who even posts anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fair. I'm good with that. It's fine. Anyway, well, obviously, so obviously I feel like then we got to get, obviously Lionel is on the same line as you because he doesn't mm-hmm. do social media anymore. As he said, which I know today, because he posted it today. on social media. Yes, yeah. go on, mm-hmm. you go. I was gonna say, obviously, we got to get to the big, or not the big, but the topic of the day. We're recording this on yeah. Monday, and I think uh, okay. So we'll just say Colin Chartier uh, announced this morning. I woke up to Sid texting it to me <laughs> that he had accepted a ban, a three-year ban for EPO. He admitted that he he admitted that he had taken it yeah. after getting a positive. He says he started it in November after like freaking out about a bad Kona. Yeah. He got the positive in February. Yeah. Those are like out of, the facts. Out of competition test in February, yes. An out of competition test in February. Now, obviously, the internet and the social media, I had like, and has gone l- Let's also say, um, so normally this ban is four years, but because he admitted right. to it and he's not challenging, they reduce it by a year. So it's a three-year ban. He has also, he also said he's said not coming back. He's not coming back. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Now, I will let Sid talk about this. But I think to me, like... The internet's going crazy. Everyone's posting their emotions yeah. and their feelings. And I don't understand this trend of people posting like really deeply emotional videos. I, whatever. But I think there are kind of like two questions, like on the one, le- like on the top level, it's just sort of like, yeah, doping sucks. Of course there are some dopers in triathlon. Are you really shocked that there aren't? And that sucks. And I'm, like, he seemed like a nice guy. Not totally yeah. shocking though, is what it is. Two questions are one, is he telling the truth that he actually started in November after freaking out about a bad Kona? Seems some, like the pro like could be sure I don't know probability though is sort of like eh, seems like he probably started before that when he you know won the U.S. Open and the second question is sort of the like who knew because obviously like like some people like lots everyone's pointing out he's coached by McCall Eden who's Gustav's brother he trains in a high profile group he like kind of is connected to a lot of people doesn't mean anything about them but of course that like immediately everyone wants detail they want and more I gossip. and it's like kind of they want more gossip. Uh, but it's, and it's kind of super unfortunate because no matter what he says, unless he like shows receipts, yeah. you're not like, I don't know that you're, you're never going to know if he's telling the truth or not. Right. Yeah. Like you're just not. And, and the same with so. whatever those other people say, like, you're not going to know right. either way. I mean, I think you'd be, you said to know. me, there's a lot, and I hadn't seen these comments on social media, but you said, you know, there's a lot of people commenting about, oh, it's really clear to see which of the pros are doping and which are not with who's responded. And I'm like, uh, Lance right. Armstrong, he was really adamant against doping, but probably right. like the dirtiest athlete in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like you, all we know at the moment is the facts, like the doping, it was an outer competition test by Ironman in February, which came back as a positive test of EPO. Um, as far as we are aware, 
it was on his own, you know, from what we've seen on social media, Mikhail Eden has posted devastated. We'd obviously seen the video from Lionel. Colin has said in his post that he started in November. Again, speculation, very convenient that it was after, that's after all the races finished. There's a lot of pros right. posting about how they were, they raced Colin early in the year and they were robbed because they only, they came second or third. I get those feelings of emotion, but there is no evidence at the moment that he was doping earlier than February. Well, okay, no, sorry, earlier than November because he admitted November. Please understand when I'm saying this, I do not forgive him. I do not feel sorry for him. I am not condoned, like, I hate what he's done um, and I hate what it's done to the sport and I hate everything on media today. But I have to... And again, maybe it's taking a, a PTO hat role. I have to try, I'm trying to remove that emotion, that frustration, that anger to go, at the moment, we just have to judge on facts. And at the moment, and we might never know any different, it's from November kind of thing. So. Right. And I don't, I mean, I don't think like you personally or me personally or anyone personally can be like, that sounds really suspicious. Yeah. He probably was doping before that. But like organizations can't do anything. Like, like as a, as a that, policy, that, like no one can that's do That's what I mean. Like from me right. speaking on with a bit of an official right. PTO hat on, we can't do anything against earlier than November. I, I, I will say, yeah. and there is a possibility that we can go back to the races where he's been and potentially look at tests that were carried out at that P those PTO races during the year. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly don't know that there's a lot more to say about that, like, or about any of it. Right. It's kind of like one of those things where like, Oh, you know, you can be like, but he seemed like a really nice guy. You're like that doesn't really, that's not, I relevant, lived with right? him like, for two summers in Girona. Does that mean like I'm guilty? Like by association, do I admit to people I just have now on the podcast? Like, <laughs> he is a nice it's, you know and like we're talking yeah. the friend in the pool today nice like guy. yeah we were friends with him and i am i i am still a friend like a bit like lionel said like again i don't agree with what he's done and i am struggling to get my head around it and maybe i will listen to like we haven't both of us haven't listened to the podcast yet so haven't heard his side oh, of the story. Oh, yeah. So he did a tell-all yeah. podcast, and we have very mixed feelings about it because part of me is like, are you fucking kidding, man? And then part of you also wants to, like, you know, know the details. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I said, he... And, you know, also half of me, and again, this is not forgiving him for what he's done, but... And he's almost brought it... You know, he's kind of... He, he's a human at the end of the day and sure. what he is obviously probably going through at the moment will be horrific. Now, yes, he's brought that on himself with the decisions he's made. Mm -hmm. um, but again, maybe with this is with a professional hat on, we need to make sure he is correctly supported um, regardless of what he's done and that he has a supportive environment around him for the coming weeks. Um, I think we would say, like, I would just disappear for a few weeks, probably, if I was I would in disappear. that situation. Yeah, I would just not go do a tell-all. And I wouldn't do a tell-all, and yeah. I would just have put the state, you know, put that statement out and then gone. Um, you know, or maybe and I would also, tell-all. I would, I would, I would, have, I would be, and I'm sure he's doing this, but again, 
contacting sponsors, contacting coach, close right. training buddies and doing all that sort of thing. It um, does yeah. sound like a lot of people, like just reading between like kind of, I mean, talking to people offline and everything too, it does sound like a lot of people were, the people you would think got a heads up did not. Like yeah. everyone kind of found out this morning, like sponsors, coaches, friends. And I think the reason he ended up doing this like tell all podcast is basically because they were recording an episode. It'd be like, if, like I said, Hey Sid, guess what? Yeah. I, and you'd be like, Oh, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so I think like they didn't, so, so they're working through all that. I agree. To, like I'm very much of a belief in the world that like you can do bad things and you can, you know, learn from them and change and grow. Obviously at this point that would involve fully being transparent, not like, right. Like sharing all your, yeah. like telling the truth, yeah. uh, probably giving back some money. Um, yes, there will be that going yeah. behind the scenes and not like posting on social, but talking to individual people, right? Like, I think there's a lot of like stuff that has to be done to like yeah. make amends kind of, and that's yeah. fine. Like that is the process. But if you really believe like, Oh, I did something wrong. Then you just, and that is not, and I'm going to repeat this again. because It does not necessarily have to happen on Instagram. It can happen off of social media, yeah. individual conversations yeah. that the public does not have to know about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I agree, but the, yeah, the, the, the world we live in is, um, yeah that's but anyway um yeah but i i also want to say to people listening uh, please do not think that this is rife within our sport and that all the top athletes are taking drugs in some form or other there are a lot of us that believe you can do this cleanly and you can still be a world champion and i think people i will refer people again on social media i know you don't like it but like Ben Hoffman's post, Lionel Sanders' post, Sam Laidlow yeah, put a yeah. great post up. Um, the reasons why most of us do sport, um, it is for those, mm -hmm. the winnings and the losings and being better, but doing it cleanly, knowing what our body can do on its own. Right. Um, and so, yeah, please don't, I, to be please fair, just don't I tarnish, say, I totally... don't tarnish all right. top, I'm just going to say triathletes for the moment, with this sure. same the same brush that everyone's doing and please don't also be like oh you can tell yeah you can tell the ones that aren't responding that they're obviously that's the what ones. i was gonna say is yeah. i don't want to say that i like i completely understand why ben hoffman and lionel sanders yeah. and there were and there were a few other like very emotional posts like why they posted so emotionally yeah because they were clearly like processing in real time and they were processing as you watched like publicly and they said all that. i'm saying is like just they because someone and that's fine. But just because someone doesn't process their emotions publicly on Instagram doesn't mean they don't have them. Like, don't assume yes. that, oh, like, well, Sid didn't post on Instagram that she's really upset. She must be doping. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy, yes, right? Exactly. Like, that's not a yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, and also, like, so that's the part like, that well, every, everyone, like, everyone's eh. also said anything. Everyone, you know, everyone's kind of said everything that we're thinking. Yeah. So I don't need to. And yeah, maybe I'm also semi, like, I just need to. I want to make sure that there's a few more things that have been checked before I probably say anything, but yeah. that might be being, yeah. Anyway, it was amazing I racing and we should say, we should stay on the positiveness <laughs> of the great, <laughs> on the know, I, did, I did get, I got such a buzz. So at the weekend I had gone out on a long run. Like, so I'd watched the beginning of the, the Texas coverage, gone out on my run. I came back and the men were like, it was just in that like last two miles. And as right. Rudy passed, um, and again, name, um, name has, has blanked me. As Rudy passed Robert, 
Um, right. Do you know what? The thing that came into my head, and like, regardless of the broadcast, I was like, how fucking awesome is our sport? Like, I literally had that thought right. of going, this guy is at the end of the swim, you know, the 2.4 miles, 3.8k swim, 180k on the bike. He's running a marathon. And it's in the last two miles, and he has just stormed past, still looking, like, right. amazing. And I just had this overwhelming, like, our sport is awesome. Like, this is an amazing performance. And then, obviously, going back and watching Cat running, and I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this, is, this is the why. This is why we do it. Um, and then you know got jealous. Then them? got jealous. I like, Je- well, I got then jealous the next day that they'd all finished their race, and I've still got mine in five weeks. I know. <laughs> I was like, I was all like, I need to do an Ironman. I started googling Iris, and then I was also like, I wanted to give every. I was like, why do I feel like I want to go and like hug Cat and hug Jocelyn yes! and hug? Yeah. Like I don't even know all of them that well. Like we're friendly, but like, but I'm all like, oh my god, you did amazing, as if like I'm really like personally been invested right yeah and i think that's sort of you know that's how our sport is yeah yeah so 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 we'll end on the it was exciting it was good racing we're excited for our sport and in some ways like catching someone cheating so blatantly cheating it's not like it's it's good it's good that we're catching it that's good it's fine yeah yeah take the positive no pun intended take the positives out of it sorry (laughs) (laughs) wasn't planned Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm there.